Good morning, it's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Who's ready for some more jazz basketball? Jazz tonight, back in action against the Clippers. Clippers with a bunch of guys listed as questionable. They're going to play at Coy. We'll see what they say later today, see who actually plays. And even if they say they're going to play, do they actually play? Once the game starts, they play five minutes, they don't feel right, and then they're out. All of that has to be figured out. For the Jazz, just keep doing what you're doing. You're winning nine in a row after the loss to Denver, which followed 11 in a row. It's 20 out of 21. So do what you do, and it's all about the consistency now, and we'll see if one or both of the Clipper stars is able to go because Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are both questionable. It seems to me like Kawhi Leonard would be the better bet. I'm not convinced either guy will go, and you know if they miss enough games here, then they can beg off the All-Star game and not go to that. I think there are a few players who would like to do that. So, we'll see how this plays out. Looking forward to that game tonight. College basketball was the story last night. The Utes went to Oregon State and got beat. BYU went to Pacific and picked up a win. 80-52, to the Cougars dominate the Tigers. It was, um, you know, the game, they were up 12 at the half. BYU was taking control of it with a run right before halftime. And then they just blew them off the floor in the second half. Caleb Lona was a star with 19 points and 9 rebounds. He shot the three really well. He was 5 of 6. Um, you know, Pacific's not good. They fell to 3 and 6 in the league, so I don't want to celebrate this as too much. Uh, Trevin Nell did have a season-high 15 points. His previous high had been 12 against Pepperdine, and he was 4 of 6 from 3. So those three-pointers really helped him. Those two guys... Um, Really helped them pull away there as they for a combined nine of twelve from three. Uh, but they had four guys in double figures. There was some balance there, and honestly, it just wasn't a difficult game. The Cougars have too much size, they have too much talent, and they overwhelmed Pacific and they get the win and they improved to sixteen and five on the year. Also, uh, BYU and the West Coast Conference announcing that the final week of the season has been uh, reconfigured. So uh, BYU had one home game there, and now they have two. So in a year that's been a little short on games, it looks like BYU is going to end up playing twenty-five regular, uh, no, excuse me, twenty-four regular season games, assuming they don't have any more COVID cancellations. But they'll be home next Thursday and Saturday, so get a couple more games in. Uh, they'll be on the road here over the weekend. So West Coast Conference reworking actually a. Uh, a bunch of games there, but they're going to get uh, USF at home on February 25th. That's a Thursday on the CBS Sports Network, and then St. Mary's on Saturday, February 27th. And that game will be on ESPNU or ESPN2. And if you missed it last night, St. Mary's had to go to Gonzaga, and they got worked. They got humiliated. I mean, that lead went to 10, it went to 20, it went to 30. That, that was a blowout. That was just a complete beating. Uh, which gives you an idea of what the conference tournament might look like, assuming everyone goes to the conference tournament. As for the Utes, too many turnovers. My gosh, that was an ugly basketball game. And Oregon State, they ended up winning 74-56, but they had ugly stretches early on, too. That game was there for the taking. Utes were down 30-24 at the half, but it was actually a, like a two-point game with three or four minutes left in the half. And Oregon State had a little... Pulled away a little bit there. The Utes played their best basketball out of the locker room in halftime. There was a four-minute stretch, roughly. Uh, They came out, went on a run. From 30-24, they took the lead at 39-38. It was a 15-8 run. You're thinking, all right, they got it together. They got the offense going. Timmy Allen kept them afloat. 
He had 12 of their 24 points in the first half, and after him, nobody could score. And he kept him in the game. And, and to the credit of all the guys, they all defended. You know, a 30-point half in the Pac-12, man, you're going to take that. You get in a conference game, whether it's Pac-12, Mountain West, West Coast Conference, whatever. You hold a team to 30 points and a half, you're defending. So they were playing hard, but they just, they're so sloppy with the ball. that just some of the passes they throw um, were just dreadful. I mean, just, they, they had no chance. They had multiple passes that had no chance of getting where they were supposed to go. And the second half, the turnovers really bit them. They ended up with 20 turnovers. Carlson did get it going. He ended up 5-7 uh, of seven from the floor, 5-5 five of five from the free throw line. He actually hit a three-pointer, finished with 16 points. But those two guys had 40 to 56 points, and the rest of the guys shot less than 25% as a group. Uh, nobody could shoot it. And Plummer, who was the hero uh, in the Colorado game when he caught fire um, coming off the bench, well, he's back in the starting lineup. He's 1 of 11 shooting the ball and 0 of 7 from 3. Finished with 4 points. Hit a couple hit a couple free throws. but And he wasn't the only guy who struggled. I mean, it was just, you know, up and down the lineup. Everybody had problems shooting, except for Allen and Carlson. Those are the only two guys. And that's not enough offense. They get beat 74-56, and they drop to 9-9 nine and nine on the year, 6-8 and eight in conference. You'd think they're underdogs, and they ought to lose to Oregon Saturday, which would drop them 9-10 and 6-9, and, and nine, coming home to face Oregon State on Monday. So, not good for the Utes. Not good at all. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk some basketball with Craig Bojack, TV voice of the Jazz, Joe Ingles, later in the hour. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, it's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah Jazz are back at it tonight against the Clippers. We'll see how many of the Clippers actually play. I would assume Paul George, no. Don't know about Nick Batum. They've been very um, careful with him. Uh, Ty Lu, their coach, was on Zoom and got asked about him. And, and so, oh, I don't know, I just got to the arena. <laughs> Because because he hadn't been in the arena earlier for a shoot-around and no one had texted him all day, no one had called him all day. <laughs> no one in L.A. ever makes a phone call in their car parked at a red light getting to the arena. Okay. They don't really, They just don't want to talk about injuries. That's just his, his way of not talking about it. We'll see if uh, Kawhi Leonard is available. He was uh, questionable going into that Wednesday game. Um, wouldn't be surprised if any or all of them sat again. But however that plays out, and, and ditto for Conley, too, because he's right on the verge of coming back, it sounds like. And we bring that up with Craig Bowlerjack. He joined us late in the show yesterday. Here's the TV voice of the Jazz, talking all things Jazz on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Craig Bowlerjack's weekly interview is presented by University of Utah Health, trusted health care provider for the Utah Jazz family and yours. Bowler, good morning. David James, PK. I kind of got a rush right now. Hmm. <laughs> 19 out of 20, Buller. Are you running out of words? You've used a lot of superlatives on a lot of broadcasts. I'm wondering how many more words you've got. Um, I'm digging down deep. PK, DJ, if you got a few, throw them my way. Uh, No, it's, um, you know, it's, let's use remarkable, uh, intriguing. uh, I mean, just anything you want. It's, uh, It's quite, you know, this is historic for jazz franchise history. So, 
I saw you, you know, this morning you posted at Ho Hum. I mean, I, I'm just I'm just sitting back in kind of a, a state of wow, a state of awe, uh, to be honest. The way they win, there's multiple ways. And uh, last night, was it pretty? At times, no. First half, uh, I thought the Clippers' defensive strategy was uh, was spot on, like Ty, yeah, Ty said last night, uh, uh, Ty, Ty Lu and the head coach. And he said, look, you know, you got to press them out on the three-point line and defend the pick and roll. They did a great job doing that, but the Jazz figured it out and attacked. And I thought they upped their, their whole intensity in the second half. And gosh, what was a five-point deficit at the half? They run away from them and went by 18. I mean, it's every night's a different different way of doing it, and it's that that's probably the most intriguing part about it right now. Yeah, it really is. I thought that in a sense that was sort of cool in that. All right, the Clippers, they're without their two stars at the top. Still got some players though. I mean, they you do. can't deny that. Uh, so you know, I hesitate to say it was the JV team because they got four or five guys that you know, they're pretty much playing for any team in the league. But I think the Jazz knew that, all right, studs aren't there. Maybe psychologically, as human beings, you get off to a little bit of a sluggish start. But then in the third quarter, all right, guys, we're not going to lose this game. Let's put the hammer down on these dudes. I mean, we'll give them a, you know, an A for effort and all this stuff. But, and it's valiant, but they're not as good as us. So let's just put them away and win comfortably. And that's exactly what they did. So... I don't think that I'm upset that they got down by five at halftime. I like the way the fact when they flipped the switch and they turned it on, they blew them away. Absolutely. I mean, 35-point third quarter, another big one to, you know, to, to end it in the fourth, and it's it's a 114-96 game. The other part of that, too, PK, is they gave up 51 first-half points and then, again, slowly shut the door on the Clippers. Uh, Patrick Beverly, he's a defensive, you know, uh, menace for for the Jazz, Reggie Jackson. I thought, you know, played a nice game, um, Lou Williams. But again, if I look at the fourth quarter, uh, that's where the Jazz just kind of shut down those scores. Lou Williams was not as impactful as he was in the first half by any means. And then you get a two way guy named Amir Coffey, who you know gave uh, gave um, the Clippers a, a nice second half, but. I, I, you know, it, you make a great point about knowing that Kawhi and Paul George weren't going to play. Uh, you even toss in the name of, of Batum, and all of a sudden you think, okay, sure. another walk in the park. But in reality, everybody in this league, you know, has a high level of talent, and the Jazz just turned theirs up, you know, to that next level in the second half. I never sense panic with this team throughout this entire run, and I think there's a confidence building here that is just, you know. Unless you're in that locker room, which again this year we don't get a chance to to get into, but there is an incredible amount of confidence that's uh, basically raging through this team right now, and it goes one to one to nine, you know, even one to eleven and twelve, like a Jarrell Brantley, a Jawan Morgan, a Mieoni. Those guys are getting on the floor late, yes, but still you can tell they they're playing with confidence too. So I guess the one thing is the uh, the question you referenced on the Facebook page, you know, is all the winning getting ho-hum. Uh, we've seen with other teams, other sports, college pro, there are times where teams are winning and it's just too easy and they do seem to lose their focus and they do seem to get bored. Uh, do you think there's any chance that happens with this team? Because it doesn't seem like they can keep winning at this rate either. 
And it's hard uh, to see what's going to upset the apple cart, but you've watched a lot yeah. of NBA basketball, and you know, well, teams don't win 19 out of 20 routinely. You're not going to no. do this in the next 20 games. You okay, can't. so maybe 17 out of 20. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> 17 out of 20. Uh, I don't think I think the X factor here has to be Quinn Snyder of keeping this team focused, but you guys make a great point. The human factor has to come into play here sooner than later. I mean, I think fans have to understand that. And I think they do. Um, look, 24-5, and five, um, and tomorrow night the Clippers again, whether or not you see Kawhi Leonard or Paul George, you know, it's, it's, you just go back and play this game and maybe a, a, few, a few changes from uh, Ty Lue. Uh, but, yeah, I thought, again, the game plan was pretty solid. I don't see him changing much. Gobert was a huge factor last night, guys. I mean, it's fourth career 2020. And he dominated, right? I mean, Serge Ibaka, you know, stepped out and hit a couple of threes. Um, Zubats is a pretty physical player, I thought, for the Clippers. And I'm impressed with his play and kind of pushes Rudy around a little bit more. But uh, I think Rudy's confidence is sky high. I mean, that, PK, don't you see that? I mean, I, I, I thought, again, he, his hands are stronger. He's going up with more determination. And all of a sudden, he's starting to find more confidence at the free throw line. And every rebound is his. I mean, it's it's really an amazing thing to watch. It really is. Well, you just mirrored and echoed the exact words that I said earlier this morning in that I thought that the thing that I, I'm a big body language guy, yeah. your physical presence out on the floor and I thought that the way he dunked was very violent, and I thought that his hands looked better, the best that I've seen. Sometimes he has a player or two, and once he looks a little awkward, I don't think he did that. I thought he was looking for his shot instead of being tentative, and then when he was getting fouled, he was putting that ball just over the rim nice and soft so it's not a swish. It ends up getting the bounce to go in, and that's all that matters. And so I said earlier, DJ can back me up, that all all things considered, I thought it was his best game of the season. I can't argue. No, I thought it was the most. You, you bring up an interesting, uh, you know, comment or observation is it's that uh, the body language of a lot of these guys, by the way, and that tells you a lot. Uh, he's turned away from arguing to PK uh, and DJ with the officials, even though you know you can tell he likes in, in the past. I think he's really tried to refocus and get back and run, which uh, I think Donovan made that, that comment last night that he's running with us, and instead of standing back and complaining that he didn't pick up the foul, um, and I think that has a lot to do with it, too. Maybe he's finally understanding as he continues to grow, and I believe he is, guys. I mean, let's be honest. He's made huge strides in the last couple of years and this season as well. Um KK asked last night, are you playing with a chip on your on his shoulder? And I really believe he always has and always will. There's something ingrained in his mind about respect and being picked 27th and the, to prove that he is, the, you know, in fact, the best defender uh, in the NBA. And he's proven it twice, but he wants to, to, be, to, to make sure that people don't forget that. He doesn't like to be overlooked or maligned or, you know, questioned. And so that's the fuel, man, right now that runs Rudy Gobert. And I saw a lot of it last night, just like you, PK, about determination, anger, um, taking over a game. And it's really intriguing to watch. This whole process with this team is, is, a, is quite a storyline of itself. 
And the three-point shot, sometimes it doesn't go down. They struggled in the first half. They still hit 13 last night. But they're timely threes, but they have other options now. And I think they understand that. Defense will, will fuel their offense. And, you know, we saw it against Miami. We saw it again last night. And that's what's the most intriguing part about the Jazz is they're just not a one-way team. They have multiple ways of getting the job done. Do you have any sense when uh, when Conley might be back? He's missed six games, and uh, you know he's out a long time last year. And we heard that this injury wasn't as bad as last year because he was questionable before they ruled him out. I wondered if maybe he was getting closer. Yeah, I mean that's the only thing I can you know. Again, the Jazz is we all know very tight lipped when it comes to injury, but the only the, the only indicator really is through that injury report when you go from out to probable or questionable to probable. Uh, and then you jump in. I would think after this road trip, you come home for two and you got the weekend off Saturday, Sunday before you jump back on the floor with Charlotte. So, you know, you, you think it's a, pro- a process. And obviously, Mike knows his body at 34 uh, or 33. So I'm guessing, you know, they're working with him on trying to figure this thing out. But I'm guessing he's getting closer just in the sense of the injury report. That's the only indicator that I have right now. But I've seen him, you know, before we're on air and the way things are going this this year, you know, with calling games off the Jumbotron on away games, he's out there, you know, and and he's warming up at home. You see him taking shots and still trying to, you know, keep in rhythm. So, I mean, it's, it's not to the point where he can't be on the leg, but obviously I think he's getting closer. That's my guess. That's only a guess, but... It'll be interesting to see him back, how he works his way back into the lineup. Joe Ingles, guys, has done an incredible job. Um, and the way that he is, you know, synced right now on the floor with Gobert and even Favors uh, and even Donovan. And seven assists last night. Joe had, you know, five. Uh, pardon me. Yeah, five. So the, 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 they had 12 assists of the 19 last night, those two. So they're really dialed in with Gobert. And that's been a big key as well. So how do we explain what I think Joe Ingles is doing is playing the best ball of his NBA life this season? Well, PK, I can't argue, and Quinn Snyder echoed it last night. Um, you know, it's he is incredibly fun to watch. He's dialed in, tuned in. Um, how do you do that, PK, at 33? Uh, how, does, how does even Mike Conley, before the injury, improve uh, in his 14th year? in the NBA because I guess they're open to coaching and they're also hungry. Uh, and that's a key too, I think for this team is that there is this, this hunger. Um, I know people look at me and talk about cliches and come on, it can't be that way. It is. Uh, there's a, this is a team that uh, obviously made a decision after getting knocked out by Denver last year or after, you know, with the three, one lead, consciously saying to themselves this isn't going to happen again and you know there was obviously a lot of discussion about who we are in the bubble what we want to become and here they are and I think Joe obviously is a centerpiece of that PK I really think that's probably part of the answer is that his leadership with Donovan and the way that he plays the game with you know people call high IQ but you have to he's Joe I mean there's angles uh, he outsmarts, outwits so many of his opponents. And 
Then, of course, he plays free with a three-point shot. And it's just the confidence that he plays with right now, I would agree. He's at at, at an all-time high. Absolutely. So you got any idea how long he can sustain this? Because on the one hand, 33 seems the point where your career ought to start to tail off a little bit. But at the same time, we hear it's, well, it's really about how many minutes you play. Well, he played in Europe, and they don't play as many games a week, and the games are 40 minutes, not 48. So he hasn't played as many minutes. He's played like 13,000 in the NBA. So should we think that he's going to push the envelope here on uh, 33, 34, 35? Well... You know, you made me pick up the box score because I was figuring, without even you saying that, how many minutes actually did he play last night? And I'm sure that Quinn is um, aware of that. I mean, I thought he played 30 just because of the impact he had on the game last night. But in reality, he played 24, 24 minutes. And Donovan went 34, and O'Neal played 34, and Clarkson played 33, Gobert 32. That surprises me because, again, the way that he impacted the game last night, I thought he played more than that. But I think it's got to be an issue, uh, to your point, DJ, that Quinn has to understand. I know, sure, Quinn's tuned in. The coaches that are there, analytics, numbers, minutes, all the above are at his fingertips. And obviously the Jazz are aware of of keeping him on the floor, but in critical minutes, closing minutes. And I'm sure they understand they've got to keep Joe healthy, bottom line, especially after the Achilles kind of flared up a little bit, right? I mean, I think they've got to be very aware of that. So I'm wondering, since Joe is playing so well, if you bring Bogdanovich off the bench. Mm. Well... He's in a he's in a bit of a quandary right now. You could tell last night. You talk body language, PK. I don't know. I, I saw a couple of uh, reaction shots off the monitor that you could tell. Man, he's going. Why isn't Why isn't this working? Why isn't this going in? And Bogey last night, two of ten, did not hit a three. In fact, his last uh, five games, he's below twenty five percent from the three point shot. So with the three pointer. So, yeah, you know, Quinn, Quinn has that ability to make any changes he wants. Joe obviously can adapt, and you guys talk to him on a weekly basis. I think, though, he thrives as a starter, PK. I really do. And, I, you know, only he can explain it, but he always talks the right talk, and that is put me wherever you need me, coach, and I'll play. But, boy, as a starter, he just seems to be much more engaged. Um, and maybe it just opens up the fact that ball's in his hands much more than it than it is when he comes in with the second unit. So, yeah, I mean, you, you hate to, you know, with Conley out, but you continue to win, I just wonder what direction they'll go and how they'll do this. It'll be an interesting decision by Quinn Snyder. Uh, do you rock the boat? Do you change up the lineup? Or do you go back to what, you know, what he went with from the very beginning? That That's going to have to happen here pretty quick, pretty soon. Bowler, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for stopping by. We will hear you on the broadcast with the Jazz and the Clippers, and we will talk to you again next week. All right, guys. Good talking to you. Ho-hum. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. This is fun. Keep the train rolling. But uh, got another you know, another challenge tomorrow night, and then next week uh, LeBron comes to town. So more answers on the way for sure. There's Craig Bowlerjack, the TV voice of the Jazz. When we come back, Joe Ingles, and not just Joe Ingles, classic Joe Ingles. 
Unbelievably good, Joe Ingles. I don't want to oversell this, but that's okay because I can't. He's that good. Did you know he and Donovan have a baseball bet? All right, that's coming up. And trust me, you want to hear this. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Joe Ingles joined us yesterday with the time difference, 9.30 here, 8.30 in L.A. It was right at the end of the show, but Joe was in rare form talking about uh, his own improvement, but also the guys around him and Donovan Mitchell and the uh, the baseball talk, the baseball bet they have back and forth. Here's classic Joe Ingles. Hey, yeah! This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush! And it's time to hear from the best-looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz, Jingle Bell! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show. With DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Time to welcome in Joe Ingalls from Los Angeles. Joe, good morning. Good morning. (laughs) Where's the energy? Where's the vitality? Where's the spirit that is Joe Ingalls? Good morning. How's that? Really excited to do this, and then I forgot that I was an hour ahead of you, so I had to get up an hour early. Right. <laughs> 9.30 in Utah is 8.30 in L.A. Yeah, And, and you- I'm usually up earlier than that, but without the kids and obviously a game at night, I was going to have a little sleep in and enjoy it, but it's fine. I'm, I'm doing all right. All right. So another another day, another W. Do you find these routine? Do you find every game is a little different? So it isn't routine because different teams, different challenges. I'm curious because man, the wins are really piling up at this point. How does it feel from inside the locker room? Yeah, I mean it's. I mean it's nice to win. Obviously, um, there's no no better feeling. Obviously kind of regardless of how you play individually or as a team, if, if you could figure out how to win at the end of the day, that's obviously the, the goal. So um, they're not all going to be pretty. We're not going to blow everyone out by 20 and just kind of cruise through the the season. And I mean, I think everyone, every team is going to be somewhat different. Um, they're going to play out differently. They're going to have different adversity that they're facing that it might make the some guys, some other guys play harder or play more, which is different to what you used to or, or whatever. So, um, I mean, last night we obviously, I mean, it was kind of, it was kind of like that team that, that Doc had that that they didn't really have a, a quote unquote superstar, but they they all played well together and they kind of had that little run um, in the Doc's last year, or second to last year, or whatever it was. So that's kind of what it felt like. They were they were out there and obviously the the ball moves a bit more because. 
they don't have Kawhi and PG, and that's not taking anything away from those guys. But when they've got them out there, obviously they they feed them, and and Kawhi's great in those those post ups and stuff like that. And and PG plays a lot of, of pick and roll, so it was it was it, it was a different challenge because we weren't sure if um, uh, I think PG was always out, but Kawhi was kind of fifty fifty. So it uh, it was good to get a, another win and. Yeah, the hard part is, I mean, we've done this, I think we've done this twice this year. Um, the hard part is, is honestly playing the same team again. Um, it, it's hard to beat an NBA team once, let alone twice in a row. So um, I'm assuming, we're assuming they'll get someone back or a couple of their guys back. Um, so yeah, we'll be ready for, it'll be a bit of a different game probably. But yeah, we obviously have the same, same kind of mindset of just whoever's kind of out there. Um, do what we do and, and like you said hopefully get another win so but as far as the no travel do you like this opportunity to just be in one place and get two games out of it I mean it's much nicer than having to jump on a plane last night and go somewhere else um, I mean we we played the game we were back at the hotel by 9.30 or whatever it was and um, we're able to get some food and um, I mean it's still I think a lot of guys, you still you can't go right to sleep after the game or anything like that. But to just yeah, just to be walk up to your room and um, after seeing what Renee and the kids <laughs> were doing in the snow yesterday and how high it was, um, the the sun is out here. And I was walking out in a t-shirt yesterday, so nice for for that little change. But um, yeah, I'll be excited to go home too whenever we're done with this. Joe Ingles joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Quinn got a question in his post-game Zoom about you and you playing your best basketball and uh, why that might be. And he gave a, uh, a long, detailed, thorough answer. And uh, you hate talking about yourself, but you are playing well. And I think some people at 33 would, think, would expect a guy to kind of uh, you know, plateau or taper off. How would you explain this if somebody said asked you, how, how are you doing this? Why are you kicking A, Joe? Let's get to the point. <laughs> That's well, not going to help chance. him answer it. There's still a chance I'm going to plateau and fall off. <laughs> you guys have <laughs> talked it into fruition, so it's probably going to happen. But um, no, I mean, I mean, I got the I got the same question or a similar one um, about coach. Why he's such a good coach? So <laughs> we we obviously uh, had to answer a similar question. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I I said to you guys, I mean, obviously you guys and, and everyone that listened and watched us last year, I was a little bit uncomfortable coming off the bench last year and I don't mean that in terms of not not accepting that role or not wanting to do it, but I just I, I just didn't, um, especially at the start of the year, obviously. Um, yeah, I just couldn't find a rhythm. I just couldn't get going. I couldn't find a rhythm. It, it was different. Um, again, I'm not saying I didn't want to do it or I was against it or, or anything like that I just I hadn't done it for well, I don't even know what it was three or four years here and, and kind of every summer with the national team and other teams I've been on so um, it, it was really different for me um, and then obviously with the the last year was a bit of a mess kind of regardless that Mike got injured so I started and then he came back and then the bubble happened and then Boyan was out and so it was a bit of a mess but um I mean, I just yeah, I don't know, everything, everything is 
I mean, I'm in. A, I'm just in a good spot, I guess. I, um, I I've, I've always loved playing. Obviously, that's no no question with with that. And that's 99.9 Quinn's. Um, I don't know, not, not his fault, but the the, re, the Quinn's reasoning. Because I mean, before I got to, to Utah, as I've spoken about before, like I, I really wasn't enjoying playing basketball. It was my kind of last chance of. Let's try and figure out if I can get back to this kind of love for it, and um, or or I'll be back in <clears throat> be back in the NBL in Australia. So um, he, he's a, obviously a big part of it, and I think having a pretty solid and amazing kind of support system at home with with Renee and the kids, and the, the kids are great, and and you know, the new little guy Jack is doing really well, and and obviously it's. Renee's doing really well. I think it's it's been really tough on her in terms of not being able to get home or have some family come over. Like no one's no one's met our third child yet or anything, which uh, is hard. But just having having all their support and there's days I'm like, man, I should be doing more to help Renee, and she pushes me out the door to go and get shots up or get treatment. And um, I, I think just overall as a as a whole and. I mean, I don't want to say I'm having my best year or not, or whatever the stats or numbers or anything say, but I, I just, I'm just in a, yeah, I'm in a really good spot. I'm, I'm happy, um, and yeah, it's. It, I mean, at the end of the day, it also helps when when everyone in your team's playing well and you're moving the ball and you're playing a, a really cool style that fits your team, and um, yeah, everything everything's in a in a good spot. So, what do you anticipate happening to your game when Conley comes back? Um, I mean, I'll go to the bench. Is that what you mean? <laughs> yeah. Okay, you go to the bench, which I I don't know that that's necessarily a guarantee. But if you want to go that way, how are you going to be able to maintain your pro- productivity if that's what happens? You are coming off the bench. Um, I mean, I feel like I was playing pretty well and productive when he was playing too. Uh, right, I would agree. I think the. Uh, like the the biggest and obvious difference, which difference which people realise is obviously I'll, I'll I'll obviously have the ball a little bit less, um, which is which is fine by me. It's not a it's not a, a bad thing, um, and and we'll we'll figure it out again. We'll I think I miss those whatever I miss four games or whatever. Then Donovan missed a couple. Um, obviously Mike's missed um, kind of five or six, whatever it's been now. But um, we'll we'll just figure it out. We. We've got a great team with that. Um, I think when previous to Mike's injury, we would I would come off the bench. Obviously, I think for him at the start, and then he would come back in, and we'd finish the quarter together. And um, I mean, there's so many possessions in a game. I think the way we play and the, the style Quinn has us playing and the pace we're playing. I mean, there's enough possessions for for all of our guys that are creators or. Um, not need the ball, but are obviously effective with the ball in our hands. There's enough possession for us all to, to, to kind of have it for a little bit. And again, the, the thing that is the best thing at the end of the day is that there, there is no egos. There is no, like I want Mike to come back probably more than anyone. <laughs> like it's not, I'm not trying to sitting in my hotel room, hoping Mike's out another game so I can go and shoot some more threes and play a few more minutes. Um, I want him back more than anyone, and um, when, when he gets back, we'll we'll, we'll figure it out. But uh, I have no doubt there will be no issues with it. 
All right, let's get to some of the fun stuff. And I hear from people now all the time as they watch the games because they know we're going to talk to you once a week. So Ben Simmons comes out for Philadelphia, and and he is hot, right? I mean, he got to 10 points like that. And there's a timeout, and you guys are crossing paths going to the bench. And he had something to say to you, and he had a little smirk and a grin. Maybe you had a little one. What Was, was he just letting you have it? Was that an Australian thing right there? Um. Honestly, can't even remember, which is <laughs> bad. But I, it, it definitely wasn't anything bad. I mean, I've, I've obviously known Ben for a little bit, and sure. um, I'm hoping he uh, he plays with the national team this summer, and all that happens. So I'm, I'm obviously happy. Um, I think I think the same as kind of what I was saying. I think I think he's in a really good spot. I think he kind of mentally, <clears throat> he always has these questions over. Why isn't he shooting the ball or not shooting the ball outside the pain or, or whatever? It's like, well, it's, it, I mean, it's like Rudy to a certain extent. Like, why would you shoot outside the pain when you don't need to? Like, he, <laughs> what do you have? Forty? I think he had forty-two or forty-four or whatever it was. And uh, someone, someone showed us a shot chart after the game. It was like he took one shot outside of the outside of the paint for the game and had forty-two points. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I think uh, I think he's in a good spot, and, and I'm happy for him. And um, yeah, it was good to see him. Um, I mean, I think it, uh, he fouled me one time, but um, yeah, just a bit of talking with a <laughs> with a buddy. And um, yeah, like I said, uh, I mean, honestly, I hope he I hope he plays this summer and um, can actually play with him. It'll be it'll be fun to play with him. So we have the Stockton shot to put the Jazz in the finals is the greatest shot. I think I witnessed the greatest play. O'Neal to Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich behind the back in midair. Mitchell, I've never seen a cross-court, corner-to-corner pass. Never. I've been watching ball longer than you've been alive. And I've never seen that. And so that ball's coming there. Well, in order for this to be the greatest play in Jazz history, you got to make the three. And you do. Did you think at that any, time, wow. Was there any doubt? Was there any doubt? I, that wasn't for me, but maybe for some doubters. And I'm not. I've always been your biggest fan. I mean, there's Renai and the kids, and then there's PK. And you put us all together, we're all in the same boat there. But I was just praying <laughs> the one shot, because in order to have the best play, you got to make the shot. Any any concern about that? Were you nervous at all? No, I wasn't nervous. The whole thing happened so quickly. I was, I was honestly just glad I got an extra shot up, to be honest. Um no, I mean it was a, I mean it was a pretty crazy play, and yeah, um, I think the one of the funny parts about it is when uh, whoever I think you said Royce drove when Royce drove first, yeah, something had obviously happened in that play. I, I was standing at the half court, like I was ready to. I guess I assumed either Royce was going to shoot it or Boyan or Donovan, someone was going to shoot it out of those right. three, and <clears throat> me and. Uh, Rudy, I think it was. There was two of them. It was myself and someone else were standing at the half court, and I saw it all play out. And then um, I saw Donovan get it, and I was obviously it happens in a split second. It doesn't happen this slowly. <laughs> um, but in my head, I was like, "Oh, that like Brook Lopez is going to have to take me if I just like come into play a little bit." Um, and then I didn't think he saw me, so I was like, oh, "I'll get." a bit further to the corner. Um, again, this obviously happens uh, much quicker, but I ran to the corner and I 
I didn't. I, you guys probably know. I didn't know how much was on the shot clock, but I knew there wasn't much on the shot clock because I've, I've obviously what had happened. Like I, I think I might have had the ball to start. There was something something happened before Royce got it, and then Royce, and then Boyan and Donovan. He held it. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to run to the corner and see if it, if Donovan can make a pass. If not, he's probably going to shoot it and off the run back. So. Um, yeah, it just kind of happened the way it happened, and I just knew when he threw it that I, again, I don't know exactly what the time was, but I just was assuming and pretty confident in my mind I had to shoot it. So um, it makes it a lot easier to not have to think about it when you know in your mind the shot clock's down and you have to shoot it anyway. So um, it was a hell of a pass, though. I've never seen. It was. I mean, I've I've played a lot. I've played a lot of games. I've played with some pretty good passes I've played with some great point guards are uh, uh, great passes but I've never had it went like almost over the hoop to get to me for me to then shoot it into the hoop <laughs> that was a pretty good post game riff you had though on him and playing baseball and you little impersonation him that was rock solid had you been working on that on a on the team bus well, had you worn him out with that baseball before? thing is this whole baseball thing is we've actually got a I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about gambling. We actually, <laughs> we've got a bet that he he thinks he is this like the guy that just signed for what did he sign for yesterday? Three hundred and fifty million. Is he a pitcher? Oh, the Padres. Yeah, Fernando Tatis Shortstop. Jr. Shortstop. Yeah. Uh, well, whoever the best pitcher in the world that gets a lot of money, he thinks he's him. <laughs> and I've never played baseball in my life. I've played cricket, which is kind of similar. Um, to a certain extent, the batter stands there. You stand in a different position. The bat's a bit different, but someone throws the ball as fast as they can at you, and you've got to hit it. Um, and I played that growing up. And we, I don't know how it came up, but he constantly talks about how good he is at baseball or good he was at baseball. And uh, I was like, I would 100% be able to hit one of your, what do you call it, a pitch? One mm-hmm. of your Fastball. Yeah. A fastball, yeah. Uh, and he's like, no, you wouldn't, no, you wouldn't. I said, well, let's bet. Let's make, let's put some money on it. And the money, we said we would do it for a charity, which obviously mine would, you guys know where my money would go if I won. Um, yeah. Autism. So we've, it's, it, the, the the bet or whatever was he, he had 10 pitches and I had to connect on one of them. That was a, like, I just had to touch it on one of them. It had to stay in play, but it has to, whatever you call it, not a, a um, if it ball. goes behind me or whatever. Yeah, yeah, not that, but I have to I have to basically hit. I don't even have to hit it, really. It just has to hit the bat and fall in front of me. <laughs> so we're going to do he this? Was, he was, yeah, we just haven't had time. And it, it started in, uh, I'm pretty sure it started in the bubble, or just after the bubble. So it's obviously been a long time coming, but we had COVID and we couldn't see each other. And we, he was in New York and whatever. So... Um, that that's kind of the whole baseball backstory. For I know it's a, a little bit of a long story about no, it, but that's how good. it kind of came about, and it was for a lot of money. And um, I just don't like. I'm not like you two. Like I've played sport my whole life. Like I'm going to be able to. <laughs> I, I get. He he said he can throw it really fast or whatever. Like I get. I'll probably miss a lot of them, but I'm also not that uncoordinated that. I'm going to be able to read the like if he's throwing ten in a row. I'm going to be able to read when the ball's coming and when I should swing. And timing is. I literally have to just hit the ball in front of me one time, and I don't even have to hit it. It really just has to hit the bat. 
Well, let's get it out at the ballpark after you guys win the title in July, man. We can have this all set up. We will. We're definitely going to do it because we've shook on it, and it's a and everybody at the start was on Donovan's side. Like, there's no way you'll hit it. And then I was like explaining the facts of of like literally, I could I could watch the first three go by and then go like, all right, this is when I need to swing. This is when you know what I mean. Like after <clears throat> if he's throwing ten in a row. After the first few, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm played sport my whole life. I'm gonna be able to pick up the reaction time of when I need a swing. I'm not saying I'm gonna smack him for a home run and run around the triangle thing with my shirt off. Bases, 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 it's a diamond. It's not a triangle it thing. <laughs> run around the sand pit with my. Um, but I'm also like extremely confident, which is why we bet quite a large number that um oh, and then we thought we'd just happen. do it for charity we okay. don't want to take each other's money so whoever lost had to donate to the other person's charity of choice there might be some jazz fans who do a little side action to you know raise a little more money for autism yeah, i assume can, we'll donovan a, would do some kind we'll of education thing oh absolutely i'll yeah. put a we 10 spot on that he blows 10 fastballs bright past See, eagles I, we got to know more about the rules pk because i that's, you probably have it too the, that's the that's the uh, i that's have it. to hit one time i have to connect with the ball on the bat one time but can he in throw you? Of, like it has but, to be in front but can of he me. throw you curveballs and changeups and whatever sliders, he whatever he's got? Because he, he, he said he was going to throw like a fast, like his, yeah, his pitch or whatever it was, which okay. was just a fastball. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The that will make it easier. 10, the other thing with throwing ten straight is by like six, seven, eight. Now he's going to get tired. He doesn't play baseball for a living. Like <laughs> neither do you. <laughs> but he's. I'm just standing there with a. <laughs> hey! Hey! <laughs> Hey! hey. I, it makes oh. me mad because he thinks I can't can't do it. Um, I'm just standing there with a bat. Like all I have to do is connect one bat. Oh my gosh, that was Go awesome! On, Jake. Jake, Jake. Oh, he did. Jake hit the dumb button. Jake was enjoying the conversation so much he was going to watch that fastball sail right by him. I had to signal dumb button. That's the magic word. That's why we have a dumb button. Oh my gosh! All right, I'm already I'm already getting texts from people. Okay, I'm already getting rules. I'm getting texts from people who say there's zero chance this money's going to charity. So it's going to charity regardless. It's okay, whose charity? All right. I just, there's no. So even if that's what everyone in the locker room was saying at the start. No way. No way. No way. But then, like, if you actually sit down and like think about it, there's no way. And obviously, I'm going to go and like hit a couple balls before I go. I'm not just going to roll in there, never facing a pitch in my life, and just go and. And he's going to go on practice. He's going to roll in there, and so it has to be ten. Yeah, you'll take some 10, what's what's called BP batting practice. Yeah, so, yeah. There's batting cages. But you I'm can gonna, you can for a couple of bucks. You the can, yeah, you can hit a lot of. Oh, you can go under the stands at the ballpark yep. where the, where the oh, yeah, they'll uh, hook him up. You're right. Yeah, I've thrown yeah, I'm gonna in there. Get, <laughs> I'm going to get our best players' cricket bat and go and hit the ball. There it is. So that was the only rules. You had to give one one ball in in front of me, like connect. It has to be a live ball or whatever, and a fair ball, a fair ball. one out of ten. That's it. One one out of ten. Like I'm not that bad. I know I, I know I can't run and jump and all that, but I can stand there and hit a ball. <laughs> Got to see this. All right. Well, 
<laughs> we love having you on, Joe, because we never know where the conversation is going, and I had no idea it was going here, but this has been awesome. I'm glad you woke up. Good luck think, with the game in L.A. Do, do it? You what? Do you think I could hit it or no? Yeah, I think I think you probably can. Not knowing how many pitches he can throw and whether he can start feeding you curveballs and all that, that would drop your odds. Um, oh, just gas. He's throwing gas. Yeah, he's just throwing gas. Straight I gas. think I think you're right. I think you'll be able to time a pitch and and be able to dribble one, you know, back towards the mound. Even if it, I even don't. If I think I, Mitchell even blows if it away. Hits the bat and then hits <laughs> my toe. It doesn't matter. It's still. <laughs> Oh man! All right, going to blow up now. Excuse my language, uh, young friends out there too. I got a bit excited about this. Have a great bleeping day, Joe. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it, guys. Joe Bleeping Ingles has joined us here on ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the Bleeping Zone. All right. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines on the way. Stay with us.